Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine and sponsored by Steer. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bellotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. Welcome to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey, along with our host, Kim Bellotto. Kim, we have the chairman of the Texas Railroad Commissioner, David Porter, in studio with us today to talk about the state of the oil and gas industry. And you'll have a chance to win a $75 gift certificate to the Palm Restaurant in Houston. We'll be back right after this. The Houston Energy Breakfast is coming up on September 17th at 6.15 a.m. to 9 a.m. at the Weston Oaks Galleria, located at 5011 Westheimer Road in Houston, Texas. Speakers will include Chairman David Porter of the Texas Railroad Commission, Greg Garland, CEO of Phillips 66, and William Yardley, the president of Spectra Energy. Simply put, it's a can't-miss industry event. Registration is happening online at www.houstonenergybreakfast.com. Once again, that's www.houstonenergybreakfast.com. Steer is calling all oil and gas industry companies, contractors, and all community stakeholders to submit an entry or nominate a deserving company or organization for the third annual Eagle Ford Excellence Awards. The Eagle Ford Excellence Awards provides oil and gas companies, organizations, and their contractors an opportunity to be acknowledged for their efforts in preserving the environment, contributing to the communities in which they work, and promoting safety in and around their workplace. For more information and to nominate a company or organization, please email info at steer.com or visit steer.com EFEA. Once again, that's info at steer.com or visit steer.com slash EFEA. Submit your entry or nomination in today. Welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey here with Kim Bellotto, and it's time to welcome our very special guest, Chairman David Porter, onto the show today. Chairman Porter is a leading expert in the oil and gas industry. Kim, take it away. Welcome, Chairman Porter. It's always a pleasure to have the agency of the Railroad Commission in studio. But to have the chairman is a great honor. And today we're going to be discussing the actual role of the Railroad Commission um, and trying to help everybody understand how much work you guys do and in what areas. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Kim. I'm glad to be here. So let's get started with uh, Chairman Porter. Tell us a little bit about yourself and why you decided to run for Railroad Commission. We all know that it is an elected position by the voters of Texas and uh, so you must be doing something right to have gotten elected. That being said, you're a great friend of mine, and I want the I want to just kind of explore what made you want to run for railroad commission. To start the story at the beginning, my wife and I moved to Midland, Texas, in 1981. I'm a CPA by profession. If you live live in Midland for a long time, I mean you're going to be involved in the oil industry in one way or another. My CPA practice, we had most of my clients were either independent producers, a lot of service companies, a lot of royalty owners. So over about 30-year period of time, I learned a lot about the oil and gas business from working with them and from some personal investments that I made in working interest in royalties. So that's kind of my business background, learning about the oil and gas industry. Also, being part of the Permian Basin, you learn how important oil and gas is to the economy of Texas and, indeed, to the nation. And along late 2008, 9, that period of time, I realized 
especially with the new administration that we got, that the federal government was trying to step in, take over regulation from the state of the oil and gas industry, that um, that administration, which is still the current administration, the Obama administration, basically declared war on fossil fuels, including oil and gas. And I felt that uh, something needed to be done about that. Also, at the same time, the Barnett Shale was coming into play as a big new oil and gas field in the state of Texas, and there was a lot of concern and questioning about um, urban drilling and what was going on up there, and I felt that a lot of people in the state of Texas didn't realize what role the Railroad Commission played in regulating the oil and gas industry, and I thought something needed to be done to clarify that role and to explain it better to the general public. If, if we don't have that level of support from the public, then the federal administration's war against oil and gas would be successful. So that's kind of the things that motivated me to run for the Railroad Commission in the first place back in 2010. Chairman Porter Alvin here. The Barnett Shale was one of the one of the first major finds as far as a shale play in the United States, and this new technology called fracking started getting a lot of attention. But let's back up. And how long has fracking really been around in the industry? Well, it has actually been around for sixty plus years, so it's not new technology. What was new was basically the way it was being used in combination with. Um, the long horizontal wells that were being drilled and the number of frack stages were being increased. So it was kind of more of a, an adaptation of technology, old technology being used in a new way that started the shale revolution. And like you said, the Barnett Shale is the first place that it really hit big time in the United States or indeed in the world. With that, we need to take a break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch, where Kim Bellotto is visiting with the chairman of the Texas Railroad Commissioner, Commissioner David Porter, is in studio with us today. And we'll be right back with more next on In the Oil Patch. Would you like to grow your business? Would you like to improve awareness of your brand? Any business can benefit from advertising in the oil and gas industry. After all, Texas received $87 billion that's with a B. That's right, $87 billion in economic impact from the oil and gas industry last year alone. Did your business benefit from this thriving industry? Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine will keep you in front of customers that you need to grow your business. Just ask oil experts. They went from billing $35,000 to over $1 million in revenue last year. If you want to grow your business in Texas, visit our website, shalemag.com. Once again, that's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G dot com to learn more. Or call 210-240-7188. Again, 210-240-7188. Farmers and ranchers are the hardest working people on earth and deserve a side-by-side vehicle that works just as hard. That's why Yamaha makes the Viking an all-new Viking 6, the world's first true three- and six-person UTVs assembled in America. Ranked number one in drivetrain durability, Viking outworks and outclasses the competition in features, comfort, and off-road capability. For more, visit YamahaViking.com. Most dependable claim based on a 2013 Yamaha Source side-by-side owner study. Welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey here with Kim Bellotto, who's visiting with the chairman of the Texas Railroad Commission, Commissioner David Porter. 
Kim. So, Chairman Porter, what is the main mission of the Railroad Commission, and how long has it existed? The Railroad Commission actually started in 1891, and at that time, it was, as the name implies, it was basically in charge of regulating the railroads, which at that time were one of the main economic forces and drivers in the state of Texas for the farmers and ranchers to get their product to market. They needed the railroad. Over the years, um, the purposes have changed and modified. About 1918, 1919, we started regulating pipelines and then moved into oil and gas. The one thing, even though the name hasn't changed, the purpose has changed, but one thing that is constant from when it was founded to today is that it's regulating an extremely vital part of the Texas economy. Like I said, in the 1890s, Railroads were important to the farmers and ranchers. Today, oil and gas is still the economic backbone of the state of Texas. Roughly, how many permits did the RRC issue and in what areas last year? And how do you see it comparing to this year? As you know, Kim, with prices going down, well permits have significantly decreased, but productions remain strong. For example, in the Barnett Shale, about 1,000 permits were issued in 2014. From January to July of this year, which are the most recent numbers I have, there were 130 permits issued in the Barnett Shale. 2014, the Barnett averaged a little over 4,900 MCF per day of gas production. This year, we're averaging almost 4,500 of MCF per day production. In the Eagleford Shale, there were 5,613 permits issued in 2014. For the first seven months of the year, there were little over 1,500 permits were issued, 1,528 to be exact. Production-wise, 2014, the average barrels per day in the Eagleford was a million fifty thousand. And this year, so far, the average is a little higher, at about a million sixty-four thousand. The average net MCF per day last year was a little over five thousand, versus this year, which is about fifty-two hundred. In the Permian Basin, the Texas portion thereof, we issued almost eleven thousand permits in two thousand and fourteen. For the first seven months, January to July, we issued about 2,600 this year. Like the Eagleford, production was a little higher in the Permian Basin this year than it was last year. 2014, the average barrel per day was about 1.2 million barrels. The current average is almost 1.3 million barrels. Natural gas production is up also about 4,100 MCF a day in 2014 and about 4,300 MCF a day in 2015. So drilling permits are down, but production is actually up a little bit this year, even with the slowdown in prices. Chairman Porter, I want to I want to kind of bust in here again and, and ask, is the U.S. oil industry capable and or ready, in your opinion, to be energy independent or move closer to energy independence? Well, that depends on exactly how you want to define energy independence. Buying oil from people that don't like us real well? (laughs) 
And if you're talking about strictly buying oil, at, at this point in time, we're not where we can be 100% oil internal and produce all the oil we want. I think 2014, we imported 27% of our total oil usage, which was the lowest since the mid-'80s. So we're, we're definitely headed that way, but it's going to take a while before we can get, if, if ever, get to 100% oil production in the U.S. What we can do, and, and, and there's two ways we could go about getting to 100% oil, is by dramatically increasing production, or if we started using, for example, if we were to move 40% of our transportation fuel from an oil base to a gas-based fuel, we would have enough oil produced in the United States right now to cover our oil usage because roughly 70% of our total oil use is for transportation fuel. Well, and that's not even taken into effect. Um, natural gas-fired power plants that are right. starting to come online and are being talked about, uh, yeah. you know, cutting back on, on coal and you know, petrochemicals for use in generating electricity and, and uh, the emergence of wind power and, and things like that. So we're still a little ways away from having 100% of our oil production that we need. If you look at it on a total energy use basis, then we are very close. We've got a lot of natural gas, some that we export. So we may continue to export natural gas and coal, import some oil so on a total energy basis we probably are getting very close to being energy independent but if you're looking strictly at the commodity of oil we're still a little ways away from achieving that definition of energy independence chairman porter something that has got a lot of attention this year has been earthquakes what we want to discuss is what is the Railroad Commission's position on this, and did the Railroad Commission make any changes in this area, and if so, what? What um, are your findings, more or less, pertaining to earthquakes? We take the issue of seismicity very seriously at the Commission. We've hired a seismologist, and last year the Commission passed some of the most comprehensive rules on seismicity in the country which allows the Commission to collect data and information on operations relating to seismic events. This data and information can then be used by the Commission, when appropriate, to give us better understanding what actions we should take, if any. In May, the Commission notified four disposal well operators in North Texas that we would need to conduct well and reservoir testing after a 4.0 magnitude quake and the operators voluntarily agreed to temporarily shut down to conduct the testing as quickly as possible. Expert analysis by the Commission's staff seismologists, geologists, and petroleum engineers determined that the results did not indicate any bounding faults in the immediate vicinity of the wells tested and therefore did not find conclusive evidence that the disposal wells tested were a causal factor in the seismic event. We're continuing to work closely with seismic researchers and industry to collect, analyze, and evaluate seismic data, geological information, and oil and gas activity in the region to determine if there is any connection. Kim, Chairman Porter, we need to take a break. My name's Alvin Bailey, and Kim Bellotto is here visiting with the chairman of the Texas Railroad Commission, David Porter. And we'll be back with more in the oil patch next.
Would you like to grow your business? Would you like to improve awareness of your brand? Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine will keep you in front of customers that you need to grow your business. Visit our website, shalemag.com. The inaugural State of Energy event is coming up on October 14th from 11.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Solomon PRT Center in Corpus Christi, Texas. The event is brought to you by Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine and the Corpus Christi Chamber of Commerce. The event is sponsored by Steer, Encana Natural Gas, and Chenier. Our speaker lineup will include Porta Corpus Christi Commissioner Barbara Canales, Chenier, Encana, Omar Garcia of Steer, and many more. Sponsorship packages and tickets can be purchased at the Corpus Christi Chamber of Commerce's website, business.corpuschristichamber.com. We'd like to welcome you back to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey here with Kim Bellotto visiting with Chairman David Porter of the Texas Railroad Commission. Kim. So, Chairman Porter, you have done things very different as a commissioner. You started the Eagle Ford Shell Task Force. Tell me about the vision for this committee and why did you start it? Thank you, Kim. Eagle Ford Shell Task Force, as I alluded to earlier, one of my major reasons why I decided to run for the Railroad Commission was that, I, in my opinion, there was not enough public education and outreach or stakeholder communication in the Barnett Shale when natural gas production started in the area by the industry or, indeed, by the Railroad Commission. After I took office and I realized that the Eagleford Shale was going to be a big deal and going to be a major oil field, I thought about the fact that many of the issues that rose during the development of the Barnett Shale could have been alleviated if local communities and other involved parties had a forum for an open and constructive dialogue. In order to ensure that the Eagleford development wasn't hindered by a lack of communication, I formed a 24-member task force that was made up from shareholders from various interests and expertise. I mean, we had folks from oil companies, we had local community leaders, local elected leaders, landowners, we, we just environmental interest, water interest. We had folks, royalty owners, we had folks from pretty much all sides of the table to, to get together and to talk about these things. And I think that helped. I think industry learned some lessons from the Barnett Shale, which helped their involvement in the community. And I think that's one of the reasons why development in the Eagleford had not had quite all the problems that they had in the Barnett Shale when they, they started out. For example, in our last task force meeting, we met at the Capitol with a number of legislators and oil and gas leaders to discuss the state of industry. And that was back when prices were starting to drop. Now they're dropping even further. Our next meeting is going to be in early November, and we're going to focus that meeting on LNG export projects that are taking off on the coast that are being fed by the Eagleford and other production in the state. Commissioner, what do you think about natural gas and its expansion into Texas? When you look back and think about what people were talking about 10, 15 years ago, that we had to cut curtail usage of natural gas, we were running out of natural gas, that we, we couldn't use natural gas, we're living in an entirely different world now. I mean, if anything, we have an overabundance of natural gas. We've got, I, I don't want to say we have too much gas in Texas, we don't, but from 
a producer's viewpoint, when you're looking at the price, they will tell you we've got too much production and not enough market at the current time here in the state. So it's important to realize that we have huge natural gas reserves and we can profit from increasing markets overseas from exporting and expand our markets here at home. We should do both. For example, increased LNG exports would give the U.S. a major geopolitical advantage and would also provide tens of billions of dollars in capital investment and create hundreds of thousands of jobs in the U.S., all the while advancing the adoption of a clean-burning fuel worldwide. We just need to encourage lawmakers in Washington to speed up the process for permitting LNG terminals so that we can start increasing natural gas sales and exports beyond our domestic markets to our European trading partners and other countries such as Japan. Looking at the domestic market, CNG and LNG are increasingly being used for transportation, high horsepower engines, and oil field equipment. And state leaders, fleet managers, and station developers are continuing to invest in Texas natural gas for transportation. I always tell people that using natural gas engine fuel is a win, win, win. It's abundant, it's clean burning, and it's affordable. More importantly, though, natural gas is a Texas fuel. Using more natural gas at home means more jobs and more revenue for our state and national economies. It also means better energy security. Well, and Alvin here, Commissioner, one of the differences between burning natural gas in a gasoline engine versus propane in a gasoline engine is you don't have the reduction in horsepower and the reduction in efficiency with natural gas that you do with something like propane Natural gas engine fuel has is becoming, I mean, years ago there were some hiccups or some times when it wasn't as efficient, but it, it really has becoming, and more and more fleets are using that now. I know every everyone from AT&T to Federal Express to a number of, of large freight companies and some distributors both in the milk industry and in the beer industry are starting to use a lot of natural gas for their fleet. So it, the, the engines are efficient and effective now. I know recently I was in a small natural gas vehicle and I was really surprised at the pickup and go that it had. Are we seeing, are are we going to see more infrastructure for vehicles to be able to utilize natural gas in, in the near future? Do you, do you see that moving along? We've increased infrastructure a lot in Texas in the last three or four years. We probably doubled, tripled the number of stations out there. With the current downturn in price, it's probably slowing that down a little bit because the price differential between natural gas-based fuel and gasoline or oil-based fuel has narrowed. But I think we'll continue to see that grow. We need to take another quick break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey here with Kim Bellotto and Chairman of the Texas Railroad Commission, David Porter, and we'll be back right after this. Steer is calling all oil and gas industry companies, contractors, and all community stakeholders to submit an entry or nominate a deserving company or organization for the third annual Eagle Ford Excellence Awards. 
the Eagle Ford Excellence Awards provides oil and gas companies, organizations, and their contractors an opportunity to be acknowledged for their efforts in preserving the environment, contributing to the communities in which they work, and promoting safety in and around their workplace. For more information and to nominate a company or organization, please email info at steer.com or visit steer.com EFEA. Once again, that's info at steer.com or visit steer.com EFEA. Submit your entry or nomination in today. The inaugural State of Energy event is coming up on December 9th from 11.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Pearl Stables in San Antonio, Texas. The event is sponsored by Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine, Steer, and the San Antonio Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Our speaker lineup will include Halliburton, Senator Uresti, Omar Garcia of Steer, and more. Sponsorship packages and tickets can be purchased by contacting Blanca at the San Antonio Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Call 210-225-0462. Once again, that's 210-225-0462. Do you know what it takes to be number one? Do you know what it really means to be number one, like number one in the whole United States? Hi, folks. Alvin Bailey here to tell you about Bluebonnet Chrysler Dodge Ram trucks. They're number one in Ram chassis sales in 2014 for the whole country. And number one sales means number one inventory. With hundreds of Ram chassis available and upfitted from a standard flatbed to mechanic service and crane bodies to accommodate every industry. Whether farming, ranching, construction, plumbing, HVAC, electrical, delivery, hotshot, or even oil and gas, the team at the Bluebonnet Chrysler Dodge Ram Commercial Truck Center has your inventory. Call today for your best deal. Let me give you the phone number. It's 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656 or visit bbdodge.com. The Bluebonnet Chrysler Dodge Ram Commercial Truck Center, 547 South Seguin Avenue in New Braunfels, and a proud member of the Kalig Auto Group. Commissioner Porter, we want to thank you for being our guest today, and uh, congratulations because you get to be the topic of today's trivia question. If you're the first person to email the correct answer to this trivia question to radio at shalemag.com, you'll win a $75 gift certificate to the Palm Restaurant. And here we go. Here's the trivia question. Listen close, and I hope you've been listening to the whole show. Earlier in the show... Chairman of the Railroad Commission, David Porter, mentioned that a city that he started out in the oil and gas industry in, and you'll need to name that city. Email your response to radio at shalemag.com. Again, that's radio at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. And remember, the first correct email wins a $75 gift certificate to the Palm Restaurant. And that about does it for this week's In the Oil Patch. For Ken Bellato and Alvin Bailey, I'm Roy Holly. So long. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Ken Bellato, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.